Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Jesus, we want to honor you tonight. We praise you tonight. We bless you tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, we just open ourselves. You will touch us, inspire us, so you would impart faith into our life tonight. Father, I pray for every person here that there will be a lifting of their heart to believe that all things are possible to him who believes. Father, I pray that every spirit of unbelief be broken. Lord, the miracles begin to take place as a result of us arising to respond to your words in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Great to be here with you. Last week I was in America, preaching in America in Los Angeles. Now I'm here in the Bay. I like being here in the Bay. But LA was an interesting place to go. And uh, God moved there just like he moves here. And uh, what a great place. They took me out and showed me all these cars. You don't believe what cars Americans drive around in. Never seen so many flash cars in one place in one time. Go into shops and you can buy guns galore. They've got sort of everything. But you know, tremendous need for Jesus Christ. Tremendous need for the presence and power of God. Tremendous need for the touch of God. It's no different wherever we are. Can you say amen? No different wherever we are. I want you to open your Bible in Matthew, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. I want you to speak on getting an attitude. Get an attitude. You know, everyone has got an attitude. Attitude's the way you see things. Attitude's the way you approach things. And so your attitude's a negative attitude. Your attitude's a positive attitude. Got an attitude of unbelief. Got an attitude of faith. Whatever attitude is, it's going to determine a lot of things that happen in our life. And so we live in a culture of which is very, very negative. And what happens is within that culture, we absorb that. We take it on. It comes around us. And before we know it, we think, talk, act, and carry on just like everyone around us. Why don't you see the story of a man here? And uh, we're just going to start here. We're going to go in the Old Testament in a moment. But here's a man, and uh, the, the, uh, the man has got a tremendous issue. He's got a problem. His son is uh, troubled by a demonic spirit. And the demonic spirit throws him into the fire. demonic spirit is committed to destroy him. How many know that's not the plan of God? How many know it's got God's plan that people be tormented with demons? It's not God's plan that your life be filled with fear. It's not God's plan that you be filled with uncleanness. Not God's plan that you be troubled with evil spirits. God is not like that. That did not come from God. And so they took the, they, they took the young boy to the disciples. The disciples laid hands on him. They got praying. They prayed as hard as they could. Prayed the best they could. Nothing happened. There's a reason nothing happened. Jesus explains what the reason is. And so the man in desperation brought the young child to Jesus, and Jesus, uh, he cried out, Jesus, Lord, help me, help my boy who's got this problem with the Spirit. And Jesus made an interesting statement. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you have a believing attitude, all things are possible. Whether it's a natural things, spiritual things, things of God come to us because we have faith in our heart, we believe for them. Why did Jesus make the statement to the man? Why did Jesus speak to him when the guy has come to him saying, I just want a miracle, I want my child to be, uh, to be set free, I want my child to be delivered. And Jesus almost like stops him in his track, said, if you can believe. One of the problems that city faced was there was a climate and an atmosphere of unbelief, a spirit of unbelief set over the whole of that city. When a spirit of unbelief sits over a city, then what happens is people do not believe the Word of God. They accept it in their head, but they don't act on it. We read the Bible and know what God says, but it doesn't become part of our life. A spirit of unbelief will shut down and close the heavens up and stop us receiving what God says is ours. 
So even though the disciples had succeeded in casting out demons, even though the disciples had seen many great things happen in this particular city, in this particular place, as they prayed, nothing happened. Jesus said to the man when he inquired, why? What is the problem? He said, if you can believe. In other words, there's a need for an attitude change. There's a need for a shift on the inside. You need to realize that if you can believe, it's absolutely limitless what God can do. Now, here's the thing. I wonder how many of us today have accepted a lot of things which God says you don't have to accept simply because unbelief came over our heart and our mind and we accepted as impossible what God says belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. Deliverance belongs to us. Breakthroughs belong to us. When you got born again, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you gained access to the very throne of God. And with God, nothing is impossible. So you and I have privileged position. We have the ability to come whenever we wish into the presence of God, to the very throne of God's grace and power to access His resources for our life. The only thing that hinders us receiving them is the condition of our heart, our attitude, and whether there's faith in our heart to believe. Most times I've noticed this. Now, of course, I'm not condemning anything about it, but I want you to think about this. How many times when you get sick, your first thought is to go to the doctor. That's because of unbelief. It's a spirit of unbelief. If we believe that God healed, if we believed in our heart that God will give us breakthroughs in this area, the first thing we would do would be to pray. The last thing to do would be to go to the doctor. But usually what happens is the first thing we do is we go to the doctor, the last thing we think of and the last resort, when the doctor says, you're a goner, you're going to go, well, come up and I'll get prayer. I think I'll get prayer. But you understand that what's happened is we have allowed the culture of unbelief to get around us and to shape our attitudes. I wonder how many people have tried witnessing to someone, and you've seen your friends, and you've tried, and you've reached out, and you see nothing happening. And so in your mind, you've accepted as impossible what God says can happen and what God wants to happen. I wonder how many of you have got friends that God wants to save, but something has come around your mind, something's come around your heart, an area of unbelief, and you just, it just seems so hard. They seem so difficult. It just seems so impossible that such a thing could happen. Friend, if you can believe, all things are possible. Disciples came to Jesus, Matthew 17, 21. They said to him, how come we couldn't cast this demon out? And he said, here's why you could not get the breakthrough. Here's why you did not get your miracle. Here's why you did not get something happen when you prayed. Here's why you did not get any kind of thing come out of heaven like you used to, expect to, or have seen happening. He said, it's because of one thing, your unbelief. You have allowed the spiritual atmosphere of the place that you are in to shape your thinking to the point where you have no faith to see miracles happen. That's exactly the same as the church in New Zealand. We allow the culture, the mentalities, the attitudes to shape us, and so we consider to be impossible the things that God says they belong to us. They are our right and privilege. It's your right and privilege to have breakthroughs financially, to have breakthroughs in your uh, area of uh, miracles for healing, in seeing people saved, and seeing situations change. 
That's our entitlement as a son of God. That's our entitlement as a child of God. But what is happening in your life? When did you last see a breakthrough? How many times have you prayed and something has gripped your heart? You didn't know what it was. But even as the words were coming out of your mouth, you were feeling like, I don't think nothing's going to happen. I don't think anything's going to happen. That was the spirit of unbelief coming around you to shut you down. Friends, you've got to get an attitude. You've got to break through that. We have to get an attitude of faith in God. Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Violent people press in and take hold of what God has says is ours. You've got to realize the devil will withhold from you everything God says you can have. God says in his word many promises of things we can have, but the devil will see those things and the moment you get stirred up, he said, I've got to shut them down. I'll send a few people there to knock them, criticize them, disappointment. I'll shut them down with unbelief because once they're in unbelief, once you've got an attitude of unbelief around them, nothing's going to come out of heaven to them. Friend, you and I need to get an attitude of faith. We need to grow inside to believe that for us, all things are possible. A person who's in a place of faith, he looks at life and he says, it's possible. When people say, why? He says, why not? It's, it's a way of, it's, it's your whole mentality and your outlook. You see, the problem is it takes courage to break out from the ordinary and to break out into the realm of faith. God wants us to do that. What mountain stands in your way? What obstacle stands in your way? What is it that is in your pla- in place in front of you that is resisting you moving forward in what God has? You need to face that and challenge it. If you challenge it, it will change. Anything the devil has sent against you, any assignment of the enemy to stop you, hinder you, frustrate you, bring you down, if you will challenge it, it will change. If you will speak against it in faith, it will change. If the devil sends a storm against you and you speak against it, it will change. You've got to stand up. You've got to get the word of God in your mouth and heart and begin to speak into the spiritual atmosphere, speak to the storms of life and tell them, be still in Jesus' name. I am going to come through this situation. Friend, God is wanting to stir us in this area. There are every young person here tonight. There are people that God wants you to bring to him. There is a harvest of souls that God would bring to himself. How do I know that? Because Jesus died for your friends. Your friends are going to hell if they don't come to know Jesus Christ. They are not too hard to get saved. They are not too resistant. There is nothing impossible to God. It's not hard for God to save. God is looking for people who will believe and who have an attitude. It's going to happen in my time. I won't leave the school. I won't graduate from the school without seeing some of my friends touch for Jesus Christ. Or if you're not at school, you're in a workplace, you believe in God for people to touch, to be touched by the power of God through you. Why not? Why not? You see, what happens is when the spirit of unbelief comes around us, we accept the normal. We accept the natural. We accept the things and we say, that's just how it is. But God wants you to have something in you that rise up and say, well, that may be how it is for you, but it isn't how it is for me. I'm believing I'll see some changes. I'm looking. What do you believe in God for? What are you specifically coming before God and saying, I'm believing God will give me this. I'm believing for this breakthrough. Friend, it requires an attitude on the inside to stand up and push against this. I look around, I see in our culture so much this a negativity and a heaviness that sits on people, a despair that sits on people. Friend, you and I have got the answer. We're going to break through that. Jesus, the disciple said, how do we break through it? He said, this is how you break through it. You break through it with prayer. You break through it with fasting. You break through it by meditating in the word of God. But you can break through it. We need to break through it. We need to break through it. 
I can guarantee those of you who are sitting here tonight who are still at high school, within a year at least one person you know will die. That person where they don't know Christ will go to an eternal, lost eternity without Christ. Friend, it's our responsibility to pray, believe, and work to see some of these ones get saved. We can do it. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen through you. It can happen through you. God wants it to happen through you because He put His Spirit in you. The kingdom of heaven is in you. God wants it to get out of you. To get out of you, you have to have an attitude. The world will try and crush you and push you down and say you can't. You've got to stand up and say, well, I see in the Spirit it can happen, and I believe what God says. I'm looking at not the things that I can see. I'm looking at what God says and said that's possible in my time. That's what I'm believing God for. Friend, we've got to rise up. There has to be a rising and a stirring in our heart and in our life. We've got to learn to speak to those obstacles. Speak to them and challenge them. Stand up, push against them. I want you to have a look with me in in Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. I want to show you a story of some women who stood up and challenged the situation. They challenged it. David stood up to to Goliath. When Goliath was challenging everyone and intimidating everyone, David stood up to him and he challenged that giant and fell that giant in Jesus' name. Moses stood up and he challenged the sea and the sea parted. For in the Bible abounds with people who believe that God could do unusual things through them. Will you believe? Will you believe? Unbelief will tell you, it's not for me, it's for the person next to me. It's for the pastor. It's for some leader. It's for some special person. But God says, I put my spirit in you so the unusual could happen through you. I put my spirit in you so impossible things could happen through you. I put my spirit in you so greater is he in you than he that's in the world. You've got what it takes, but you need to believe and you need to have an attitude of faith in your life. Friend, I don't know what God could do with you. What amazing things could God do through you? Your friends won't tell you that. You've got to get with God and find out what could God do through my life? What does God want to do through my life? That's my dream. That's my future. It's not what people say about me. It's what God says about me. Gideon is there pressing wine in the wine press. And you know what God says? You're a mighty man of Allah. I'm going to change a nation through you. Say, God can do it. God can use ordinary people and make an extraordinary difference. You've got to decide whether you'll be an extraordinary person. An extraordinary person. Man said, man said, help me, Jesus. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, if you, if you can believe. So he said, why can't I believe? I tell you what, because as a spirit sits on you every day, you hear the words of people, you see it in the paper, you read it in the, in the newspapers, you see it on the television, it's pushing you down, saying, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. God isn't for here. Miracles are for another nation. Who said? God didn't say that. God's the same God here as he is anywhere in the world. He can do miracles here just like he does them anywhere else in the world. What you've got to do is believe. Church has got to rise up. We've got to say, like Bartimaeus, when Bartimaeus was there and he was blind and he couldn't see and he heard Jesus was coming there, he stood up and he challenged the blindness. And he said, Jesus, Jesus, I know you're nearby. I want to take hold of you. And he threw off the mantle. He threw off the unbelief. He threw off the beggar's life. So I'm going to have a miracle. And his life was changed. That story's written there for you and me. Okay? If you're sitting there and you've got a mantle of depression on you, time you rose up, stood up, began to cry out to the Lord, push that thing off you and have a different attitude. An attitude says, God, you're nearby. You're very near to me. I believe you'll do a miracle for me too. You need an attitude like that. We got so used to wearing that old mantle of unbelief. It feels so familiar. It seems normal. Someone starts speaking faith talk. It sounds weird. 
So the kind of words that please God sound weird to us. It's because we're being conditioned by spirit to accept that things won't change when they can change. They can change for you. They can change for me. They can change for us. And God's got, got to have people that will rise up and say, it's, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. I want you to have a look at me. Numbers 27. I'm just going to read about half a dozen verses. I want you to see about some women who were discriminated. These women had such an attitude, they rose up and got God to rewrite the law. Now, this is not, this is the law. You know, Moses went up on the mountain and God spoke to Moses and God wrote the law down, wrote a whole range of things and gave him a whole lot of things. And these women rose up. They had such an attitude inside them. They rose up and they got God to add something into the law that wasn't there. That means they moved the heart of God. That's attitude. That is an attitude of faith. That's an attitude that pleases God. I want to show about these women, these five women. Uh, their names have all got significance, but we won't go into what they all mean and stuff tonight. I just want to stick with the, just the basic story. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad. That's a funny name. The son of Hefner, Hefer. Man, that'd be a bad name to have. Hefer. What's your name? Hefer. Anyway, we won't go into all of those. And here are the do- names of the daughters. Here they are. Verse 1. Mala, Noah, Hogla. Hogla. Milka. Terza. Interesting names, aren't they? <laughs> Interesting names. The first one means weak and sick. The second one means to wander around. It's like before we came to Christ. We're weak in our life. We wandered around. We're searching for something to fulfill our lives, fulfill our hearts. And then we come to Christ and something else happens. The Bible tells us then, it tells us that the name of the next, uh, the next woman means something like queen. We get established, we get lifted up, we get brought up into place. The name of the last woman means well-favored, well-blessed, well-pleased. God wants to raise us up. He wants to lift us up. Now, here's what happened to these women. They stood before Moses and before Eliezer the priest and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle, saying, Now, our father died in the wilderness. He was not one of the ones that gathered themselves against the Lord in the rebellion with Korah. He died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Now, there was a law that the inheritance passed from father to son. The girls didn't get anything. The girls married into a family. They were then attached to that family, and what they owned and their line came down through the family they married into. But in this particular family, there were five daughters, five women, and there was no sons at all. And so as it's, what happened was, when their father died, as happened to all that generation in the wilderness, because they were not male, there was no inheritance for them. The name of their father means the firstborn. They were entitled to an inheritance through him. They should have been entitled, but the trouble is under the law, there was no provision for them. And so here these women stood, and uh, their, their father had died. There's no men in the family. All the promises that were made to their father now were going to disappear and vanish from them. For those promises to disappear and vanish from them means they would have no inheritance. Now, I want to tell you something about these girls. They did not accept it would be like that. They did not accept they would be poor, impoverished, dependent. That inheritance meant to them that they would have money, they would have prosperity. That inheritance meant to them that people would seek them out instead of them having to go try and find someone. 
And so we find several things in the story. The first thing we know is I'll share with you several things about this woman. Number one, they refuse to be a victim. They refuse to sit down and accept poverty and lack. They refuse. They just plumb refuse the status quo. They refused to accept that they would be powerless. They would have nothing. They refused to believe that they would end up with nothing. There's an interesting story. I don't know if you read it in the papers recently about a woman in America, a black woman. She just died recently. And in the period in the 60s of the black rights, of course, there were whole issues uh, that rose then that some of you don't know much about. But anyway, one of the things was they used to have segregation in the buses. So the whites sat in the front, the blacks sat at the back. And there was a line that was marked across, and the black people sat in the black seats. The white people sat in the white seats at the front of the bus. And if you're a white person, you didn't go down to the back of the bus. If you're a black person, you definitely couldn't go up to the front of the bus. So one day the bus came along, and uh, the, white, the seats for the white people were all filled up. There was a, lady, a, ne- uh, uh, a black lady sitting in the seats reserved to the black. And uh, what happened was another white man got on. So the bus driver came down and spoke to her and said, you've got to shift. And she refused. She had an attitude. She refused. She was arrested. She was taken to jail. The media got hold of it. And that triggered off the civil rights movement in America. It broke the laws of segregation and resulted in a whole change taking place within the nation. She became honored in her nation and famous in her nation because she stood up and said, it stops. I'm entitled to this and I'm holding on to my entitlement. I'm not going to be bullied by discrimination. Man, there's lots of discrimination. Discriminating means you get a bad deal because of something you've got no decision over. You can be discriminated against because you're a woman. So therefore, you can't do this because you're a woman. Who says you can't? You've got to get an attitude inside you that challenges what comes against you. You can be discriminated against because you're poor. But who says because you come from a poor background, that's what your future's going to be. You can be discriminated against or have a feel there's opposition against you because you've got no education. Who says you have to stay there? way you can change you can change but you've got to get an attitude you say well you don't know my family background my family background was bad friend doesn't matter where you've come from do you have an attitude that says i will be different i will rise up and i will have a different life ahead of me friends you've got to have an attitude whatever comes against you you've got to have an attitude to stand up and say well i believe it's possible for me to have these things i believe it's possible for me to make a difference i do not need to live under the limitations of what the what people say about my gender, my race, my background, where I come from, I can make a difference. My life can make a difference. You need that attitude inside you. The devil will tell you, you can't, you're a woman. You can't because you're black. You can't because you're a Maori. You can't because you come from poor background. You can't because you've been abused. You can't because you've got no education. The devil always say you can't. God says, you can do it. You can do it. All things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe? Do you believe? Have you looked into the heavens and got a touch with God and found out what God said you could do? What could happen through your life? See, God knows what could happen through your life. You've got to talk to him. You've got to listen to him. You've got to become intimate with him. You've got to find out what God says is yours. This is what they said. We see there's an inheritance. Everyone else is getting a bit. We're not going to miss out on ours. So number one, they had an attitude. They had an attitude. They refused to be a victim. They refused to sit down. They refused to accept. They weren't going to get anything. They refused it. They refused to be resentful. A lot of people sit down resentful. They resent. They got a bad deal. They live in resentment all their life. They refuse to be resentful about their deal. They did something out. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing they did. They valued the inheritance. They valued what God had promised for them. They valued what God said was theirs. 
They had value for the things of God. A lot of people don't value the things of God. Do you realize that when Jesus died on the cross, he purchased for you the right to access into heaven? Do you value that? He purchased you the right to get breakthroughs in your life? Do you value that? He purchased for you the ability to hear his voice? Do you, do you value that? He purchased for you the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Do you value that? He purchased for you the ability to lay hands on people, rebuke demons in his name, and they would depart. Do you value that? Do you value what Jesus died on the cross for you? This is what these women said. We're not going to let our father's inheritance dissipate. We're not going to let it all go. We want what he has provided. And this is what needs to get in the church. In every generation, people have risen up and have said, we see that God has made provision. And they rose up and they said, we want what God has provided. In the uh, last century, there's a woman by the name of Marie Woodward Etta. And what a tremendous woman of God she was. She rose up in her generation. People said, you're a woman, you can't do this. She said, I can. I've been speaking with God. God said, I could do it. She brought a move of God. Thousands upon thousands of people had healings and miracles of deliverance. There was a tremendous anointing of God. People coming anywhere near her were touched by the power of God. She said, I believe that Jesus, I believe that Jesus has provided for this. When Jesus died on the cross, he made provision for us for these things, and we're not going to let our inheritance dissipate. She rose up and broke through in her generation. I was just over there in, uh, in, uh, in this church, and I saw this huge picture on the wall of a woman. Her name was Catherine Coleman in the 60s. Catherine Coleman broke through. Everyone criticized. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You can't go on TV. You can't run big meetings like that. She said, I've been talking with God. God showed me it can happen. I believe that God has spoken to me. And she began to bring miracles into the earth. Tremendous numbers of miracles through her ministry. But you see, she's gone now in that mantle somewhere. And who will rise up in this generation and say, listen, I've seen in the Bible that God has made provision for this. I've seen men and women in every generation. I've read their stories. They rose up. I'm not letting it go. I value that inheritance. I want to be able to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the end time move of God. Lord, your word says the young men shall dream dreams, see visions, prophesy. I want to move in that. I want to have visions. I want to have dreams. I want to see into the heavens. I I want to bring the word of God to my generation. That's what I'm believing for. Friend, is that, have you got that in your heart? If you haven't got it in your heart, then maybe you don't know what the uh, God has provided for you. Maybe you haven't taken time to find out what God has provided for this generation. I hear a lot of people say about how bad it is. I tell you, the Bible tells us very clearly that when gross darkness covers the face of the earth, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon His people. It's easy to look at the bad news. But who's looking at the good news and saying, God's telling me that the worse it gets out there, the better it's for me because I'll shine more bright. I'll take hold of God's presence and bring that presence to the earth. See, who's believing for that? Who is believing God that he will move in this generation, in your generation? Touch you. You've got to press in for it. Don't let that inheritance dissipate. That's what these women had. They had an attitude of faith. They had a breakthrough attitude. They said, listen, we don't care if everyone's against women. We're standing up and we're coming here and we're making our claim known. And they came to the highest court on earth. They came to Moses. They came to the high priest. They said, I want you to listen to us. Our father was a good man. Our father had an inheritance. Our father died. And now we're going to lose it and his name will be dishonored because what he purchased will dissipate. It's the same. When Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, purchased something for us. And if a generation doesn't rise up and take hold of it, we let that inheritance dissipate and we lose what God has provided for the hour we're in. 
Friends, you have to break it. We have to break out of the normal. We have to break out of unbelief. We have to break out of the limitations. We have to break out and believe. I don't care what God's, what's happening anywhere else. God can do something here in Hastings, Napier, New Zealand. God can move here. The heavens can open here. I've been and stood in this place here when the heavens opened up and people saw into heaven and had encounters with angels. Week after week in the meetings, some people are seeing angels sing into the heavens. Friend, well, what about you? Is there something inside you that says, God has got something? for me. I won't rest till I've got it. I won't rest till I've got it. Friend, you, you see what an attitude they got. They got a breakthrough attitude. Refuse to be a victim. Refuse to be resentful and blame the circumstances. They valued their inheritance. They valued it. And then they rose up and challenged the situation. Look what they said. Verse 4. Why should the name of our father be done away with? Because he's got no son. Give us an inheritance. Give us an inheritance. You don't understand. They did this in front of everyone. This is bold faith. Here's five women, and they're standing up in the midst of thousands and thousands of people, and they're talking to Moses saying, give us an inheritance. That's the kind of attitude God likes. An attitude that comes in, the Bible says, Hebrews 4.15, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us draw into his presence boldly to obtain from him provision for life. Miracles for the circumstances. Breakthroughs. God tells you to do it. God tells you to do it. But do you come that way? Do you come like that? This is what they said. Give us it. Give us it. It belongs to us. Jesus, you purchased this for us. Give us that fresh mantle. Give us that fresh anointing. Give us that fresh breakthrough. Give us that miracle. And a shameless attitude, boldly praying before God. Based on knowing the character of God. Man, I love this. Bold. They were bold. They were bold in their speaking, bold in their praying. They had an attitude of faith that God could give them a breakthrough. Everyone would be telling them, shut up, you're a woman, shut up. You don't bother us. Haven't you read the law? Don't you understand this? And they said, well, I tell you what, we're not letting go. We're getting a hold of what God got for us. We're getting a hold of what God got for us. Every generation, there'd be people that rose up and carried the mantle of God. Do you value it enough to lay hold of it? Do you value it enough to rise up and say, God, I want what they had. I want to carry miracles in my life. I don't care what all the other young people are up to, but I know what I'm. I'm called of God to make a difference. I want God to work through my life. I want people to be impacted for Christ. I want lives to change because God favors me. Because God has got his blessing on me. I want people to be envious of the way God blesses me. How things just seem to work out for me. How I get the opportunities. I get the breaks. Things seem to just work wonderfully for me because God is on me. It's our right and our privilege to have that. Why would you think you've got to struggle along with the masses when Jesus purchased something much better? Why would you settle for that? I'll tell you why you'd settle for that. Because you haven't read what God's made provision for, what the spirit of unbelief in our culture sat on you and said, couldn't be for me. I'm too young. Don't you know what problems I've got? Couldn't be for me. Friend, that's a demon talking here. It's not the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost said, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. I want you to see how God responds. Moses brought the cause before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. They speak right. I like that. You know what God commends them for? Commends them for how they talk. He says, I like those girls. I like them. I like the way they talk. 
I like the attitude because the Bible says, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. God likes it when there's an attitude of faith. God likes it when you stand up and say, God, I believe in your word. This is for me. It's not for another day. It's for me. God likes that. He said, I like the way he's talking. How are you talking? What are you speaking? Are you speaking negativity? Speaking problems? Are you speaking failure? Are you speaking defeat? Are you telling people how bad it all is? Are you talking about all your problems and how difficult they are? Or has something of the Word of God got in your heart and you're saying, well, our life is just going great for me, even in the midst of adversity. Life is going great for me because I know that following this adversity, God has enlargement for me. In fact, my best days are ahead. My very best days are ahead of me. That's how you need to talk. You need to talk the Word of God. I thank God. He's with me. And everything I do, God is blessing me and helping me. Yeah, that looked like it was bad, but you watch God, turn it around and make it good. You watch God overthrow it, and I'll come out looking great on the other side. I'll come out looking great on the other side. Jesus didn't look great when he was in that cave, but he came out great the other side. David didn't look great when he was uh, there and his, his city had been overthrown and everything had been stolen. But I tell you, around the corner, he came great the other side. God brought him out, brought him into greatness. He had an attitude, an attitude of faith. You've got an attitude and you speak. You'll speak what your attitude is. If you have an attitude of faith, you'll speak the words of God. You'll speak with a demand for God to come through. You'll speak with an insistence that God honors His Word. You'll speak in a way that others will say, how can you talk to God that way? It's not you're disrespectful. It's you're saying, I know what I want. God says, I like the way this person talks. I like how they talk. I like these girls. They talk right. God says, Moses, you remember I wrote out all those commandments? So why don't you get your pen out? We're going to make a few changes. Now that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That God would have taken Moses up the mountain, given them all this instructions. Moses wrote it, wrote, wrote it all down. And then five women stand up and say, listen, we're not settling for this. We've got a different attitude. We believe that we're entitled to what our father would have been entitled to. We're not going to let this thing die away. We're not going to let our dad's name die away. And we're going to have what was provided. God said, I like these girls. Quick, get your pen out. Change the law. What an amazing thing. Five women, with the way they spoke, were able to change the heart of God, and he made changes to the law of God. Your prayers do that? Your prayers change God's mind? Maybe you think, well, you know, God's against this, God's against that, God's not doing this, God's not doing that, and then suddenly you rise up, and you've got a different attitude, an attitude of faith, and God says, oh, I like the way that one's talking. You're there in your school and you say, God, you see what's going on here. You see the young people on drugs. You see the problems, the breakdowns, the pains, the hurts. But you're a healing God. God, move in this school. Move through me. Move through the young ones in here. Touch these lives. God, you purchased for it. I want to see it while I'm here. God says, oh, I like that. I like the way that girl's talking. Talk to the angels. Angels, come over here and listen. Now this one's talking. Why? Because God likes that kind of attitude. It's an attitude that says all things are possible to him that believes. So God says, I like their attitude, Moses. I like their attitude. We're going to change the law. Get your pen out. We're changing things around here. What a great thing when people rose up. Imagine you rising up. You're praying so hard, breaking through. Your faith broke through. God says, we're going to make some changes around here. When God says we're going to make some changes around here, that means people get saved. People's lives change. Things which are impossible become possible, then they're done. Things which you thought were impossible, you look at that person, they're one of the toughest, hardest kids in the school, then suddenly they're there crying their eyes out, snot all over the place, weeping there, their heart's been broken, they were tough, they were staunch, and now there they are, and they're broken, saying, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, I'm empty. 
I have been in enough places recently to see people with heaps of dough, more money than you and I know what to do with. There it is, weeping, because they're lacking the one thing they need is a purpose in life. And we have what they need. Hey, don't you be intimidated. You've got what someone needs. You've got what people need. You've got it. Now you say, well, they don't seem to appreciate me or appreciate what I have. Yeah, that's right. They don't. There's a demon that's coming against you. But will something in you rise up and say, all things are possible to me. I believe, no matter what that thing's like, I challenge that demon. I challenge that spirit of unbelief. I tear you down. Jesus Christ is Lord of this school. See, the Bible tells us the earth is the Lord's, not the devil's. He made it, and then he redeemed it. It belongs to him. Your friends belong to him. The devil's a squatter. He's got no right to be there. But God's wanting someone to rise up and say, devil, time to go out. Jesus is coming in. We're making room for him in our life. Let me just close this up right now. You notice how God speaks to this, responds to their faith. Faith has a language. Faith has a language. Faith speaks. It speaks like this. Nothing's impossible. Fear has a language too. Fear speaks and says, we can't. It's too hard. Faith says, no. You watch. We're going to zone in on them. That person that gave you the hardest time, you're going to stand in agreement with another person. You're going to zone in on them. You're going to begin to pray for them. You'll target them in prayer every day. You're praying, fasting, pushing into God for them. Suddenly they snap. Their lives fall apart and they break open. I've seen it happen over and over again. Just need someone who'll believe. Someone who'll believe. Don't believe what you can see. Believe what God shows you and then you'll see the impossible. If you can see the invisible, then you can do the impossible. Okay? Challenge it. It can change. Challenge it. It can change. Challenge it. It can change. Here's the last thing they did. They persevered until they got possession. They persevered. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 17, verse 3, verses 3 to 4, this is what happens. They came up to Joshua years and years later. And they said, Joshua, you know how we went to Moses and the law was changed? This is our day. We're claiming possession. So they had an attitude. They had a great attitude. And with that attitude, they had a way of speaking. Here's the things. Just go quickly over them again. One, they refused to sit down, be a victim. Two, they refused to become resentful and blame the circumstances. Number three, they valued what God said could be theirs. They valued what God said could be theirs. Do you know what God says could be yours? Well, the devil doesn't want you to know because you'll do amazing things if you discover what God says is yours. You'll do unusual things. You say, I don't believe that. I know. I know, that's why it's not happening. Because only those things which will happen are those. All the impossible things happen to people who believe. You say, well, how can I get out of where I am? Well, you've got to change the attitude, change the way you think, change the way you speak, and persevere until you get that breakthrough. So when the disciples came, well, how come we couldn't do this? How come we didn't get that breakthrough? How come it's so hard around? How come? He said, simple, your unbelief. You've got to push that spirit off. You've got to begin to push it and make some changes. Number one, you get into strong persevering prayer based on what the word of God says. Number two, you get into fasting. You couple your prayer with strong fasting, believing God for breakthroughs. Number three, while you're doing that fasting, you meditate in the word of God. You begin to get it around your mind. Begin to picture it. Dream it. See it. See it. See it. See that person. There they are. Look at them. There they are so staunch. That's the picture you got in your mind. That's the picture of the impossible. But now see them. And they're not staunch. They're on the ground. Their eyes are full of tears. They're blubbering and slobbering and all kinds of stuff. They're throwing up as the demons are coming out of them. Say, yes, yes, that's how I see it. And then you'll start to see it. Breakthroughs take place. You've got to persevere for a while. But you see it happen. You'll see it happen. The devil will throw everything against you, try and stop you. He'll tr- all he wants to do is get you to stop believing. What are you believing for? 
What are you expecting God to do? What faith goals do you have? What is it you are speaking that God and the angels are listening to and things are starting to happen? Let's just close our eyes right now. Oh, an attitude, an attitude, an attitude. That's what we need, an attitude, an attitude. Not a negative attitude, negative to the devil, but an attitude of faith towards God. All things are possible. I won't let unsaved people put me down. I won't let them just walk all over me. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm standing up believing they will change. They're going to change. They're going to change. I have what they need. I thank you, Lord. I have. So you've got to talk right. You've got to talk right. And you've got to keep talking right. You've got to keep talking. Let your confession be in line with your faith. Father, we just thank you right now tonight. You're speaking about a fresh wave of the Spirit, a fresh people, a new generation rising up, young and old, believing for miracles, dreams, visions, believing that in our generation we can have an influence on those around us. We can make a difference. Nothing shall be impossible to us because we believe. So we believe it's possible for our friends to be saved. We believe it's possible we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We believe it's possible we will cast out demons. We believe it is possible we'll have dreams and visions and see things prophetically. We believe it's possible we will have words and knowledge and insight for people. We believe it's possible that God will work through us, that our school would be the school in the bay which turns around. When people say, what's happening in that school over there? When the teachers and everyone get upset and say, you've got to stop that prayer meeting. You're disrupting the school. We say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all things are possible to him who believes. You see, you've got to see it. See it. See it. Your friend's getting saved. They desperately need Jesus. It's just a spirit got around. I saw it tonight in the worship time. Spirits got around your friends, holding on to them and saying, this one's mine. Don't you even think they're going to get saved. I'm dragging them off to hell after I've made their life miserable. I'm going to afflict them with negativity and depression and suicidal thoughts. And just when you least expect it, I'm going to snuff them out. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. That's what the devil will be saying to you. This time you rose up and say, listen, devil. Listen, devil, I've been standing by here long enough watching all this happening. I've been to enough funerals. I'm sick of going to funerals. I'm sick of seeing my friends die. I'm sick of seeing others mourning and grieving over them like there was some hero because they went crazy in a car. I'm sick of it all, Lord. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. That's not what you died on the cross for. Jesus, you didn't die for those things. You died for my friends to be saved. You died for them to be touched. So get an attitude. Get an attitude. Pray with an attitude. Father, I just pray right now that you'd begin to start to break and snap that unbelief off people's lives. Father, there'd be something rise up in the heart of every person here to challenge the status quo. Hey, listen, just while your eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, is there any person here and you're not yet a Christian? You don't know Jesus yet. Yeah, the Bible tells us you're cut off from God. There's an emptiness in your life, a lack of purpose that only God can give. What you need is a relationship with God. But you don't have it because sin, that's what sin is. Sin is just not doing wrong things. Sin is running your life without God. And all who sin, the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. What a misery that is. But listen, friend, there's great news. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Jesus came to give you life, came to release the creativity in you, came to release the good things, came to bring blessing upon your life. He came to to introduce you and bring you into relationship with God, came to put his spirit in you. He came to make your life so different that people would say, what an abundant life that person has. But friend, it requires you respond to him. Is there anyone here tonight that would say, I'm responding to Jesus? 
This is how Jesus said to respond. Everyone who received him, who believed on him, he gave power to be a child of God. Is that you tonight? Would you receive him? Raise your hand. Let me know. Raise your hand right now. I want to receive Jesus. I'm not a Christian yet, but man, I just felt just something here tonight that really touched me. I want to become a Christian. If that's you tonight, would you raise your hand right now? Say, that's me. That's me. I need to become a Christian. I need to give my life to Jesus. God bless. See the hand over there. Is there anyone else here tonight? Anyone else here tonight? Come on, friend. This is you. This is your night. Say, I want to become a Christian. I'll give my life to Jesus. Raise your hand right now. Don't worry about what your friends are thinking. They're thinking wrong stuff. I've been telling you the truth. I've been telling you the good stuff. Say, to everyone who received Jesus, he gave power to become a child of God. Is there anyone else? One person here. Is there anyone else tonight receive the Lord? Come on, you do it, friend. Put your hand up and say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. Anyone else? One of the some people here tonight, and you know that you walked away from the Lord, that you've got sin issues and things in your life that aren't right. Tonight you're saying, God, I, I want to come back to you. I want to give my life afresh to you. If that's you, quickly raise your hand. Quickly raise your hand. There's someone here tonight. That's what you God bless us. See that hand? Anyone else here? Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. Come on, you know you're sitting on stuff, bad attitudes, negativity. Say, God, I want to get this thing out of my system. I want to come right with you tonight. I wonder how many people here tonight. And, and, and while I was speaking, you could feel the wrestlings of unbelief going on. It's almost like there was a struggle going on inside you. A part of you is rising up in your spirit saying, yes, 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 yes. And your mind is sort of wrestling with it all and reasoning it all out. And you find that that's a spirit of unbelief. If that's you tonight, quickly raise your hand. Quickly raise your hand and say, God, I just know tonight I need to be set free of this thing. If you've got no faith goals, nothing you're believing God for, then you're not in a good condition. You're walking in the natural, not the spiritual. This is what we're going to do in a moment. We're just going to stand on our feet. Those who put their hand up, say, well, God, I want to break through tonight. I want to break through on belief. I want to break through this negativity around my life. I want to break through into a place of faith. I'm coming tonight, Lord, letting go and repenting of that attitude. And I set my course. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do some fasting. I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to begin to meditate till that word seems, till the impossible seems possible. And I'm going to see miracles. If that's you tonight, why don't you quickly rise up out of your place right now. Just rise up and come to the front right now. Just bring the lights down again, please. Quickly, let's all stand to our feet now. Stand to our feet right now. There's a number of people put your hand up. Please come to the front right now. Come right now. We want to pray for you. We want to believe God together. That whatever unbelief has got over you, whatever negativity has got over you, would break tonight. You'll be set free. God bless you, dear. Come on, dear. God bless you, honey. Any others? Come on, there's others here tonight. Come. Let's give them a clap as they come. Give them a clap as people come tonight, responding to Jesus. Come on, there's others need to come. Your life gripped with unbelief and negativity. Praise the Lord. Okay, I want you all to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm just going to pray the sinner's prayer. Amen. Paul has come tonight to give her heart to Jesus. And so we're going to join with Paul. We're going to all pray the sinner's prayer together. As we pray that prayer, God in heaven will hear us. And we'll say, I like that attitude. I'm going to pour my spirit out from heaven. I like the way they're speaking. You ready now? Let's all just pray together. I want you to follow me in this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. I turn away from my sin tonight. And I turn to you, Lord Jesus. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. 
and I entrust my life to you. I receive you as my Savior. I receive forgiveness for all of my sins. And I give you my life. I belong to you, Lord Jesus. You will never leave me. You will always be my friend. And you will lead me into the good things you've planned. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you right now. Touch her. Let your love and presence flow into her life right now. Okay, those of you come to the front, won't you lift your hands with me right now? Want you to follow me in this prayer? I'd like some of my leaders to come up now and I uh, get ready to lay hands on them. Just pray for them, pray for release, pray for breakthrough. And what you're doing tonight is you're recognizing you've accepted limitations, you've accepted wrong thoughts, you've allowed a spirit to invade your mind, and you've listened to what it says. The Holy Spirit says something different. He says all things are possible. The devil says, you can't do that. I want you all to just follow me in this prayer right now. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Your word says, all things are possible to him that believes. I renounce unbelief. Every agreement I've made with negativity and demonic spirits, I renounce it now. I resist that spirit of unbelief. I declare God has given me a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a sound mind, and the spirit of faith. Lord, tonight I believe for a personal breakthrough. Lord, I ask you to give me visions, dreams, to expand my faith to see the impossible become possible. Amen, amen, amen. Once you lift your hands to the Lord right now, we're going to come and lay hands on you. Pray that God would touch you tonight. Come on, leaders, just come. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke the spirit of unbelief. We rebuke all negativity. We rebuke the spirit of heaviness. I take authority over its life right now. I break all prejudice against you. Spiritual prejudice against your womanhood, against who you are, the nation you've come from. I break that now in Jesus' name. I break words of abuse, words of criticism. I break them in Jesus' name. I command now that spirit that's tormented you, that destroying spirit. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of unbelief, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Spirit of witchcraft, I command you to go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. In the name of Jesus. I break the negativity. I break it off you in Jesus' name. I break the rejection off you in Jesus' name. Spirit of rejection. Because of your stature, because you're a woman, because you come from another nation, that God has placed you here. He's placed you here as a woman of God. You unclean spirits, I command you release it now. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go now. Loose. Out in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your anointing. 
Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Resist it, dear. Resist it. Resist it now. That's right. Cough it out. In Jesus' name. Let it go now. Now. Now in Jesus' name. Now. In the name of Jesus' name. Spirit of death. Let your presence come right now. Thank you for Leah. Lord, touch Leah tonight. Expand her faith. I break the unbelief and the negativity off you. I break every negative spirit that puts you down. I break its hold now. You're a lying spirit. You will let it go in Jesus' name. Let it go now. off your life. I break the shame off your life. Loose her in Jesus' name. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Father, let the spirit of faith come on her. Spirit of faith. Father, we break negativity. I break the power of negative words. I break the power of negative words. I break unbelief and disappointment. I break despair. I release the spirit of faith in your life. Right now, Jesus' name. Father, visions, dreams, Holy Ghost dreams, Holy Ghost visions, release them now, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We just break them. I break impossible thinking off your life. I come against the spirits 
that have troubled you from your background, that have said you can't. I break the power of spirits of unbelief. I break the power of spirit of death. Loose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your work here tonight. We thank you all things are possible to us who believe because you're a great God, a mighty God. You're an awesome God. We honor you tonight. Everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise your Lord. God bless you. God bless you. It's been great to have you here tonight. Have an awesome week. Fantastic week. Let's just praise the Lord as we finish.